Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we get into Dark Side of the Ring from last night and the whole tragedy of Jimmy Superfly Snooker. We get into that. And of course, my side is being a lifelong fan, and especially when I was a kid, a big fan of Jimmy Snooker, and how my perception may have changed after that episode of, of Dark Side of the Ring. Also, we get into Impact Wrestling with our very own Tommy Dreamer, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, and somebody that we don't normally talk on Busted Open, that is Action Mike Jackson. We get into that from Impact Wrestling last night. And of course, Bully, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, WWE Hall of Famer. We get into Dark Side of the Ring with Jimmy Stucco. We get into WWE Backstage with CM Punk. And of course, the comments of Ronda Rousey. That is definitely the hot topic all week long. We get into all of that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Feels good to talk pro wrestling each and every day with you. Again, use the hashtag AskBustedOpen on Twitter, and I can get to your comments and your questions. Also on Facebook. And then hopefully, who knows, man, fingers crossed, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. Maybe, just maybe, we'll be taking some phone calls in the very, very near future. I got to be honest with you, man. You know, Gabby, Guns, Mike, and and Daryl, and Robert, and Marissa, they're all working tirelessly behind the scenes to try to make this show as normal for you, the listener, as possible. So as we keep getting adjusted to our world, I think we're going to see a lot more elements of what this show used to be. And hopefully, you know, little by little, you're seeing those things as listeners. And, you know, this show is for you. And this show is definitely for myself and Bully and Tommy. Uh, love talking pro wrestling with the Busted Open Nation. At the end of this month, believe it or not, on the 28th of this month, it's going to be 11 years that Busted Open has been on the air. And thanks to you, we're the number one sports talk show here on Sirius XM. So the reason we hit these heights was because of you, the Busted Open Nation. So everyone behind the scenes, a lot of the people that you don't get to see, but you hear their names that I call out each and every day are really working their asses off to bring you this show. So be thankful to them, and I'm certainly thankful for you. And there is, as always, I keep saying this, I preach it each and every day, there is so much to talk about in the world of pro wrestling. In about 30 minutes, we're going to have you know my tag team partner, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, 
WWE Hall of Famer. That's Bully Ray. And then in about 10 minutes, we're going to have the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer. And I love having Tommy on Wednesday mornings because we could talk a little impact wrestling because there's a lot to talk about in the world of impact wrestling after watching that show last night. And then there's a lot to talk about. And, you know, there wasn't a Raw last night. There wasn't a SmackDown last night. There wasn't an AEW. There wasn't an NXT. But Tuesday nights has become must-watch nights for pro wrestling fans because, you know, you have NWA, and I can't wait for NWA Power to come back full force. You have Impact Wrestling, but now you have Dark Side of the Ring and WWE backstage, and there's a lot of news coming from WWE backstage and Dark Side of the Ring last night. And we'll get into WWE backstage, especially Bully and I, because CM Punk was on the show. And unfortunately, when it comes to backstage, and a lot of people like to tune in to hear what CM Punk has to say, you really don't know when CM Punk is going to be on the show. It's kind of hit or miss. It seems like it's you know maybe, what, once every four or five weeks CM Punk is on the show. But man, when he is on the show, he really gives you a lot of good information and some good opinions. And I think he was very opinionated when it came to Ronda Rousey's uh, comments that she's made. And obviously we've been talking a lot about here on busted open. And uh, you know, somebody who was in both worlds brief in MMA and definitely unsuccessful. And then to the height of heights in the world of pro wrestling, uh, CM Punk is very good person to talk about those comments. So we'll get into that with Bully and Tommy for sure. But I want to get into Dark Side of the Ring. And, you know, for me, you know, I'm going to be 49 in July. I'm an old, old school wrestling fan. I've been watching pro wrestling since 1982. And when you look at that year of 1982, 82, 83, the beginnings of 1984, there was no wrestler bigger than Jimmy Superfly Snuka. And a lot of people, a lot of younger fans might shake their head at that because, you know, when you think of the 80s at that time, you might throw out a Bob Ackland. You certainly throw out a Hulk Hogan. You throw out a, a Nature Boy, Ric Flair. But I'm telling you, end of 82, 83, and the beginning of 1984, there was nobody bigger than Jimmy Superfly Snuka. And when I say that, I'm even talking in the world of the WWF, like there was Hulkamania, there's no doubt, but for a while there, it was neck and neck, and before Hogan came to the WWF, it certainly was Jimmy Superfly Snuka, to the point, to the point, you go back and you watch that cage match in 1982 between Bob Backlund and Jimmy Superfly Snuka, that was like the first time you actually saw somebody who was a heel, somebody who was a bad guy, somebody who was that 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 heel wrestling persona getting cheered like Jimmy Superfly Snuka did when he challenged Bob Backlund for that WWF championship. He kind of made it cool to root for the bad guy, and then he became a babyface, and there was nobody bigger. One of the greatest feuds of all time was the feud between Jimmy Superfly Snuka and Don Morocco for that Intercontinental Championship back in 1983. And obviously, for obvious reasons, if you watched uh, Dark Side of the Ring last night, you understand why his legacy has definitely been tainted, why he's not really spoken about in the terms of the Flares and the Hogans. There's a reason for that. One, he never won that world championship in the WWF. And number two, 
his push and it, definitely his main event push was cut short. We talked about it in that watch along that you can hear and see, uh, uh, you know, on demand on the Sirius XM app and also uh, the, the Busted Open podcast. And Tommy and I did our watch along with the first WrestleMania and the main event. You know, Snooker was outside the ring, but Snooker was supposed to be m- a much bigger part of the first WrestleMania. And because of the demons, because of drugs, and obviously because of some of the things that he was accused of, man, uh, you know, just he was truly a good subject to have for Dark Side of the Ring. And I mentioned this on Twitter, and I got a little heat for it. And understandably why. I posted uh, on my social media last night at David LaGreca 1, I posted a picture of myself, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, and the co-author of his book. And I said that it was going to be very, very difficult for me to watch Dark Side of the Ring last night because I, I heard of the rumors. I heard the accusations. You know, everybody knows that a cold case of 30 years was brought back to attention in 2014 a lot because of his, of his book that did come out in 2000, late 2013. You know, Jimmy Superfly Snooker was a wrestler that I loved. As a kid, I mentioned on this show many times, all I did was watch Georgia championship wrestling. And the person that got me to first open my eyes to different organizations and open my eyes to the WWF was Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Seeing those pictures of him and, you know, in the wrestler and inside wrestling that really opened my world up larger when it came to pro wrestling. Jimmy Superfly Snooker was the catalyst for me to want to see more, to want to absorb more. He was one of my favorite wrestlers. You know, I had the foam, the foam hand, the Jimmy Superfly Snooker. I had the poster on my wall. I was a member of the Jimmy Superfly Snooker fan club back in 1983. And I dreaded watching that dark side of the ring last night. But I had to watch it because I knew it was going to be a topic on today's show. And I had to watch it just because of that curiosity. And, you know, obviously they always say, you know, don't know your heroes, don't meet your heroes. And, you know, whether he was guilty or not, you know, you, you, can, you can make your, you know, your thoughts known. And obviously this is the forum to be able to do that as well. He was never convicted. He obviously passed away before that trial even got going and he was incapable of even being on trial because, you know, of dementia and everything else at that time in his life. And he had stomach cancer. He was 72 years old. And then you have to think of the victim too with Nancy and what, what she, you know, what her family had gone through for 30 years, not getting justice, but there's still the question marks of you don't know. And it's going to be something that's a black cloud that, that hovers. This is Luke Thomas from Sirius XM Fight Nation. Combat sports and the entire sporting landscape have been impacted as we all face a time of uncertainty in the world. We have concerns about our family, friends, and neighbors and have taken time out to focus on the important things in our lives and be safe. One thing that we can be sure of is that we'll push through this difficult time together. Whatever happens in the world of combat sports and beyond, we'll be here for you on Sirius XM Fight Nation. In the meantime, you can join us for live sports talk on Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82 and Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88. There's a lot to get into with Tommy as well. Not only Dark Side of the Ring, but also Impact Wrestling from last night. And I bring in the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy, how are you this morning? 
Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. And there's a lot to get into, and time is short, so I want to definitely dive in. First of all, and I actually texted you last night as it was happening, watching Impact Wrestling got me excited because near the beginning of that show, we saw the man, and he's 70 years old and probably one of the best wrestlers that we saw over the course of the last week, and that is Action Mike Jackson on Impact Wrestling last night. How cool was that to see Mike Jackson in action? Dude, I had to push and had to take so much uh, slack from everybody when I kept pushing for Mike Jackson. And they're like, he's 70 years old, and I was just like, just let it happen. And I had to just eat a lot of crow because of that going into it. And the setup was great because Johnny Swinger from ECW, he plays this retro character who's great at it. He's a, he's a pro wrestler that hasn't grown up uh, like a lot of wrestlers haven't uh, from the 90s or the 80s, but he's a more of a 90s guy. And he kept saying that he was, he messed it up. He was supposed to say, I'm bringing one of the young bucks, uh, Mr. Jackson. So he didn't know which young buck it would have been because he was trying to be cool and trying to be hip. And that was the setup for the week before, but he said M Jackson. So, you know, I liked the internet where they were saying, would it be Michael Jackson, which it obviously couldn't be, but, uh, you know, then it was like, who was the young buck? And then it was, Mike Jackson, he cut a hell of a promo. And when he walked out there, he walked out there to crickets. Like there was, there was no response. And even in the locker room that day, you know, everyone was just like, who is this old man that looked like a shrunken version of uh, Vern Gagne. And when he went out there and moved the way he did when he did a suicide dive to the floor, which Swinger just caught him. And I was like, Oh my God, he almost crashed and burned. And, uh, he just tore it up and seven years old. I say he's, he's such an inspiration and, uh, man, I couldn't have been happier because at the end, when I tell you the, the locker room backstage was a complete sellout because they were, everybody was waiting for this man to fail. And, you know, we had talked about it uh, previously about people watch television for sometimes people to fail. And he, just like he did, you know, because I did pretty much the same thing at the House of Hardcore show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were there and he tore it up. And if you could get over in that front of that Philadelphia crowd where they were chanting his name. And again, here's a 70-year-old individual and... I had to set it up by telling every, you know, you have to tell the world that this man is 70 and the match that he had, I couldn't have been happier in that the backstage, um, everybody knew his name and was celebrating and putting him over. And it was just like, for him, it's like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. But because it's something he's been doing for 50 years, the best part about it was too, I called him up. And I was just checking up on him because he is, you know, 70 and he is in that, you know, range for to be more at risk. <laughs> and we're talking, he's like, yeah, uh, I worry about my parents too. And I was like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, but both my parents are still alive. And I was just like, may I ask how old your parents are? He goes, oh, my dad's like 93. He still walks two miles a day and my mom is 
man, she's got to be like 90 or 91. I don't really know. But when he said, it reminded me of the Mendel bombs when he said his parents were still alive uh, because I'm from Seinfeld because I, I'm talking to a 70-year-old man and he has the same concerns as me for my mom. <laughs> but I was like, man, I want to see if I could get his father on television once this all clears up. <laughs> but it's just I'm watching with my wife and my wife like you couldn't get a more perfect 70 year old like this is like it's like he's like chiseled out of stone like I mean just in amazing shape and God he's he's in some better shape than some of the wrestlers that we see on a weekly basis that we cover here on Busted Open but like you said doing the suicide dive outside the ring I mean I I got scared I was like oh my God I hope his head doesn't hit the steel you know yeah, the the steel post, and then like doing like the walk across the entire ring on that top rope, you know that you know like the, you know old school. I mean that was truly old school. And I think actually Josh Matthews stole that line from the back because he actually did say a shrunken Vern Gagne. But man, to see somebody at that age work at that high a level, and I actually got some text messages from friends that watch Impact Wrestling that didn't know who Mike Jackson was. Shame on you by the way, if you don't know who Mike Jackson is. But, like, you know, like, who is this guy? How old is this guy? Like, I've never heard of this guy. He's am- he's amazing. You know, and I never – and here's the thing, Tommy. I never get text messages like that. You know, if all the new wrestlers that we see on a week-to-week basis across the board on all these shows, to be able to get those types of messages, so let's face it, Tommy, for most of his career, he was enhancement talent. And now he's probably more over at the age of 70 than he's ever been in his entire career. Absolutely. And one of my favorite lines that Don Callis said, he's like, you could tell he's from a different generation because he's actually in shape, which (laughs) just pops me. And Don could get away with it because he plays a heel character. But, uh, yeah, you know, and then also, like, he was like, hey, man, anytime you guys need me, you know, I'd love to come back. I was like, Mike, um, with everything that's going on, we wanted to bring you back, but we just kind of have to wait because we don't want to put you at risk because of, you know, you fall into that category. And you were such a positive and such an inspiration. We don't want people to tag it with a negative and saying, Oh, how could impact wrestling put someone out there uh, of that age during this time? So hopefully once everything gets back to normal, we could see um, Mike Jackson uh, return to impact wrestling. Cause man, he, he tore it up and I wish everybody could see the backstage on that because it was a bunch of young men and women uh, just really, really celebrating their love for his passion and how great he worked. And just for him, it was just another day. And he's been wrestling steady his entire career. Like he works like four to five days a week. He likes fishing. He plays softball and he wrestles. And that's what he'd been doing for the last, you know, since I want to say he went off of television in the, what, early eighties when he was just, you know, he was the guy who had just solid matches with guys and got beat. And also, for the record, the he still is the Alabama junior heavyweight champion. So the title was not on the line because that match took place in Atlanta. So yeah, Swinger's same. not the champion. 
Yes, no, he, it, it was a non-title match and had to be. He didn't even have the title with him, so even if he won, he wouldn't <laughs> be able to get it. Um, but, you know, I was watching, you know, and, and you know me, I'm, I'm the wrestling nerd. I was watching World Championship Wrestling from 1985, and, and Mike Jackson was in the opening contest against the boogie-woogie man Jimmy Valiant. And, you know, he was in a tag match. You know, on the next episode, I forget who his tag team partner was going up against the Fantastics. And that was the great thing about Mike Jackson is that each and every week you saw him against heels and faces because he would be, you know, he would be the guy that would shake hands with his opponent and everything else. But he never won. And this is back in 19. Like, think about that. I'm watching wrestling from 1985, Tommy. And I can honestly say without hesitation that he looks better now in 2020 than he did in 1985. Actually, you know what? He looks younger in 2020 than he did in 1985. Absolutely. He, uh, I couldn't believe it when I first saw him, I saw him on the indie show and I, you know, told you about it and I sent you a picture and I was just like, what a joke this is. Like, you know, I'm just looking at this. And then when I saw him wrestle, I was like, get out of town. And from there, you know, I worked another show with him. I worked a show with him. And let me explain to you that before everything went crazy, he, I worked that Thursday uh, for him. And he went 25 minutes on a Thursday night for a charity show. He took a Michinoku driver from the top rope and continued the match, and he just tore it up. But that weekend, we had shows down in Atlanta. He had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, We were there for three days, and he had a double shot on Friday. He couldn't make the Friday show, so he wrestled five times that week alone. And one of the matches was 25 minutes. (laughs) Amazing. And then, you know, and last night he was able to to watch himself on the cable. You know, that makes it even better. (laughs) When I I called him just, you know, first I was checking on him. And when he told me, oh, man, he doesn't text. Um, I think he has the original cell phone. But uh, when he told me, oh, everyone's been calling me. All my friends are telling me they see me on the cable. (laughs) And I just lost it. But that's a different generation. And God bless him. And I I was so happy for that because if he would have bombed, oh, my God, I would have had to eat so much from, you know, Don Callis and Scott Demore. But, man, he just he just tore it up. Nah, he he was fantastic and definitely one of the highlights from Impact Wrestling, which each and every week, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it and they should because I, I think it's definitely one of the better shows each and every week and it just keeps getting better and better. And the fact that you can see Action Mike Jackson on on the show itself tells you right there that it's one of the better shows of the week. Uh, we, you know, talking about the cable on the cable last night was Dark Side of the Ring. Tommy and th- I, I tweeted out before the show and I was just telling the nation before you joined us that was a difficult episode I was not looking forward to watching that episode last night and um, you know it, it's still as many questions as there was going into that show I still think there's a lot of questions coming out and uh, you know what did you think overall of Dark Side of the Ring last night? It was uh, a great tweet that you put out there because it was my feelings as well. And I totally 
disagree with the one statement of don't ever meet your heroes because Jimmy was nothing but cool to me every single time I was with him and towards the end of his career, especially during the time of his book, uh, I was hanging out with Jimmy a lot. And same with uh, what Fatu had talked about, the Tonga kid. Um, I could not see that from him. And I kind of felt this was the first uh, show that was, I don't want to say biased, it was kind of one-sided where you only had one person in his corner and they were trying to paint this picture that he was guilty. And it's a horrible, horrible situation. I felt bad to see both her sisters there because they've had to live with this pain for their whole life and they're fighting for her sister. But it was just like, I felt there was no one there for Jimmy and Jimmy's side, except for his lovely wife, Carol, who I haven't spoken to in a long time. And it made me really, really sad because like, that's his wife. That's who he confides in. And he's telling her like how he's okay to live with this stuff because he knows what really happened and it sucks. It's an unfortunate situation. I just, uh, it was hard to watch and, and I've been, you know, I was heavily involved in the Chris Benoit story, which gave me closure. Um, the new Jack story, which just, you know, made me think of the craziness of what was my twenties. And this aspect kind of opened up a lot of wounds that will never, there is no resolution. And it was just, and I get it. I get that it's called dark side of the ring, but it opened up a can of worms where I don't feel they needed to be opened up because from the courts back in the day until now, there is no resolution. So it's just like, you know, do you want to let the man rest in peace or have his legacy tarnished because we don't know the answer of what happened. We really don't. And we never will. Yeah. And I think like you just said is, is the victim with, you know, Nancy and then her family still having to live with this 30 years later. And, you know, were there signs that this could have been a a murder? Absolutely. You know, but, but again, like, you know, there is no resolution, you know, with, like you said, with, with the Chris Benoit episode, you could have closure. I think that was closure for a lot of people and a happy ending. When you think of that, you know, David Benoit and, and you, you look at his, you know, his, him falling back in love with pro wrestling and, and, you know, and Nancy's sister and, and, you know, a family getting back together after years of being apart because of the situation that had happened. And I'm for, and you know, that is the ultimate sin that we saw played out uh, over the course of that two hour first episode of season number two. But you saw that there was closure for a lot of people. To, to me, last night's episode is the opposite of that. I mean, you know, it, there's more questions coming out of that. There's more arguing coming out of that. And, and at the end of the day, there's never going to be a resolution when it's all said and done. Yeah, and, and they just, I, I can't state it enough. That wasn't the person that I knew. I did not know him, you know, in the 80s. Um, there was just, 
there's a lot of different circumstances around this. And, you know, this did get opened up because of his book. And like I said, it was, he didn't have to put that, in my opinion, he did not have to put that in his book if it, it just, it opened up a whole can of worms. And, you know, he had a co-writer, all that stuff that went down. I feel if he wa- if he wanted to cover up or hide it, he wouldn't put it, have put it in his book. And his wife explained why he did it, but it was just like, man, I, I just don't see, I, I, I can't, you, they presented a lot of the facts, but then how does like their police miss all this stuff? And it's like the first time in what, 30 some odd years, they're revealing evidence on this television show. Um, it was just, it was crazy, man. It just, I just can't see it. And I don't know, obviously they're not going to interview his daughter or his son, but I just felt maybe someone else should have been there to talk more on his side because it just, it really was, it was a dark side for Jimmy and Jimmy's not there to defend himself. And, you know, the, the episode, you know, and you've been a big part of it is after dark and they had Brian Nobbs and Greg the hammer Valentine on, uh, and then, you know, they spoke about it and they had the, the gentleman that opened up the, the case with that article, that, that, that small article in that Pennsylvania newspaper that kind of reopened that case and they had him on and, and, you know, they talked about the incident from 1983 and, and, and he said, you know, the, you know, the, the, the young gentleman that wrote the article that, you know, he wasn't even alive when this took place in 1983. And Greg Valentine was like, well, there you go. Like, you know, you don't know the circumstances. And it's that's the problem is that you could take a side and you could look at certain sides of it. And then you could you can make your judgment based on that. But but the problem is there hasn't been the ultimate judgment. There wasn't an ultimate judgment in 1983 and there wasn't, you know, before Jimmy Snuka passed away just a few years ago. And you mentioned the book and, you know, we had Jimmy Snuka on busted open that day. They showed the video of him and you could see it. He was wearing the same thing as the picture that I tweeted out on my social media account last night because busted open interviewed him and, and they showed that clip, that video of Opie and Anthony. We had him on that same day where he was promoting his book. And as they said in dark side of the ring, Tommy, that's what reopened the case too, was by a lot of what he said though, that, that day on our show and on Opie and Anthony, because the details weren't exactly the same that he said on the air in those guest spots, what he said in his book and what he said back in 1983. So a lot of people raised their finger of judgment and say, well, you know, obviously it was a lie because his story keeps changing. You got to remember at this point, at that time, Jimmy Snooker was going through dementia. You know, his, 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 his health was, was not nearly as, you know, good. It was, it was bad. And, you know, he was even at that time when we interviewed him, he was just a couple of years, you know, before he passed away. So it's really hard to judge on those details as well, Tommy, because that was right near the end of his life when that book came out and he was doing his media tour. Yeah. And and, you know, it's when you, you're dealing with a situation like that. um, I'm sure there's details that, that I can't say when there was a criminal investigation, how uh, these details weren't uh, seen or how they, 
and then they're talking like, of course, they have to, you know, go to this cover up and Vince McMahon, you know, the police officer who was interviewed, he kind of, I want to say, I don't want to say was set up, but he was just also very, very casual in his answers of, you know, well, what was, nothing was in this meeting. And he's like, well, what was really ever said? So there, there was just so much, uh, man, it was so much negative and I didn't like it. I had a hard time with it. Cause like I said, Jimmy was super cool for me to me the first time I met him. And then I have a friendship with him and, you know, he was, you know, for myself, Mick Foley, Bubba, we were all at the garden when he, you know, did that. He was somebody who inspired a generation. And yes, if he had, you know, some drug issues, but there was just so much more clouds after watching that where I, I just don't see again, where you, when you're writing a book, if you m- murdered someone, you don't need to put that out there in your book because of the ramifications that happened if you were a guilty person. And then he went and it was out there and then he had to deal with it later in his life. And it's, it sucks. It's sad. And I hated, you know, here's also his, his wife who, again, I can't stress enough how awesome of a person she is that she has to relive this too. Um, in the sense of, and it's not, she has to relive something that where she wasn't there, but it's, she has to relive talking something negative about her deceased husband. And then I said this when the whole stuff when happened with Scott Steiner and when his wife said to me, can you put something out there? Because I don't want my kids to find out about this on social media for rumors and speculation. And that hit me hard about like social media and something happening because for that, it wasn't true. And now his family has to relive this. So does, uh, Nancy's family, but it's just so there's no resolution. And like, after all of it, it was like, ah, we're still at the same place where we were. And I hated that. I really did. A lot of unanswered questions. And again, you know, Nancy and her family of you know, 30 years having to deal with this as well. It's, it's just a heartbreak all around. Tommy, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, man. Not only talking dark side of the ring, but impact wrestling as well. Truly appreciate it. And we'll talk tomorrow. And also, you know, when it comes to Jimmy Snook, I know you and I are going to be taping a special that we're going to be airing at 9 a.m. next week. And we're going to give more about not only what we saw last night on Dark Side of Ring, but just the career of Jimmy Superfly Snooker and some of the historic matches as well. Uh, so, Tommy, I really appreciate that. I'm looking forward to doing that show with you, and, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. No problem. And I just want to ask one quick little question, if, if I may. Um, do you have to go to break? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have to, you know, we have to go to break, but what's your, you tease the question. You got to give the question. Well, you know, I do a lot of, I feel positive for the show and there is a nice audio and visual clip of my good friend, Bully Ray, making fun of me and how I speak and deliver some of my topics. And I do feel I bring a lot to the show and a lot to the table, but this is the audio clip that is aired and you're just sitting there chuckling and laughing against me there, sir. I wasn't, I wasn't chuckling or laughing against you. you. Were it, chuckling was, and it was, laughing. it was, it was, it was chuckling and laughing with you, Tommy.
not at you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and especially yesterday, though, my delivery, I literally just wake up and then I come on the air and I understand it. I'm trying to get my thoughts the best way I possibly can. But see, I don't go to bed until three, four o'clock in the morning. And then three hours later, I'm calling into the show. He yes. goes to sleep like, you know, right away. His sugar levels cut down. He sleeps. He takes naps all day. He's very, very heavy. That's what people have to do. And I love when there's going to be a dark side of bully because there are parts of his body that haven't seen the sun in so long so that's the darkest side ever okay well, you guys have a wonderful show and, and, and you know guns who is producing yesterday with the audio you know how they cut that up to make it look worse than what it really was you know because guns is that no, way I so get it. yeah yeah it's all for the show literally by the way when what we covered was the entire show of WWE backstage but you know i'm just saying so we can go back to dick eagle on that one too yeah, I know. You watch backstage, you. you're just gonna you're gonna start pacing and sweating and walking all over the place because yeah, it was the exact topic that you and I covered, but I just covered it very very slow. So at least I gave that information. You get your money's worth. To the you get your money's worth with Tommy. Backstage. Gives you time yeah, to uh, digest what you're saying. All right, Tommy. Thank you now so I'm much, fired man. Up and I want to go back to bed, and I can't. Goodbye. All right. I'm sorry. Have a good one. IndyCar fans, this is Brick by Brick with A.J. Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. We can maybe provide you with a little distraction. I'm just missing racing. The season will start, and they'll have to be ready right when it starts. And I think we're really going to see the drivers that are physically and mentally most strong through this time are going to come out firing. If it's a shorter schedule, the start of this season is going to be even more critical than usual. New episodes air Wednesdays at 6 Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and anytime on demand with the SiriusXM app. Usually when we come on the air, we're talking about NWA power and we're talking about uh, impact wrestling or getting you ready for AEW and NXT, which by the way, should be very, very interesting tonight because AEW is taped and NXT is going to be live. So I'm wondering if NXT can keep that momentum off, off of, you know, what was a ratings win for them last week, though the ratings don't seem to mean as much as they used to with everything that's going on, but still it's something that we talk about here on Busted Open, but with this dark side of the ring and with WWE backstage, we have more to talk about on Wednesdays than ever before. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Hope it's a strong limb. Uh, <laughs> these dark side of the rings are probably the most intriguing and interesting things going on on my television set when it has to do with the world of professional wrestling every week. Yeah, and to the point, Bully, and I think it's a great point you just made, to the point that I forgot about WWE backstage, and I didn't watch it until this morning when I was prepping for today's show. I completely forgot about backstage because, you know, Tuesday nights now, it's like dark side of the ring is kind of that necessity watch. And and CM Punk was on backstage last night. We'll get into some of his comments about Ronda later, but... Yes, Dark Side of the Ring has done an excellent job of making that must-watch every Tuesday night. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put this out there, and whether we talk about it or not, it'll be up to you. Um, I like the premise of Backstage. I like what Backstage was supposed to be. I'm not saying I don't like it now, but I think the show is a little too safe. I really do. I mean, obviously, it's a WWE wrap-up show. I enjoy the personalities that are on there. But I'd like to see everybody on that show 
much like I talked about yesterday about, you know, take take Becky's scripts and rip them up and just let Becky be Becky. Why can't we just have a bunch of topics to talk about on backstage and just let Renee, Christian, Booker, Punk, Mark, let just let them talk. Just let them give their honest opinions without being framed in a way <clears throat> that, you know, suits the WWE's agenda for that moment. You know they're going to be you know they're going to be kind to the company. But man, if there was just a little bit of yin to the yang. I mean, didn't you think when that show first came out because of, you know, Punk being involved and Punk saying, you know, well, you know, I'm going to be saying some things and I don't have a filter and kind of giving you the illusion that this is going to be a as much of a no holds barred uh, talk show as we've ever gotten before. Yeah, and I think what you just said is correct, and and it's CM Punk's involvement. When you tell me CM Punk is going to be a part of it, and you know we all remember the pipe bomb promo, we're like, all right, this is a guy that's going to speak his mind, and especially since this is not a WWE product, it's a Fox product. You're like, all right, you know this guy is going to go absolutely crazy that really hasn't happened have we heard little bits and pieces of it sure but i think mark henry said it best early on where it's like when i see cm punk in that setting on wwe backstage i don't want to see him in that setting on wwe backstage i want to see him in the ring i want to see him do what he does best it's almost like you gave us cm punk but it's it's in the wrong role if that makes any sense. It's like when you see a movie, like one of your favorite actors and he's, it's against the, the, the character and personality that you normally see him in that's CM Punk. Every time I see CM Punk on my TV on WWE backstage bully, it just makes me want to see him in the ring doing what I know he can still do because he's young and because he's healthy. I, I don't want to see him just, you know, towing, a bit of the company line like we're seeing on Tuesday nights right now. Um, I see your point of view, but I I, um, I, I kind of disagree. I don't want to see him in a ring. If I don't see him in a ring anymore, I really could care less. Th- that's his decision. Uh, okay, I get it. Do I have a problem with his decision? Maybe, but it's, it's his decision. So God bless him, even if he doesn't believe in God. Um, and I don't know if he believes in God. I don't think he does. And then he doesn't believe in God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so uh, I've been up for 10 minutes. Uh, I feel like dreaming this morning. Uh, only That's funny because you've been up um, for 12, so go on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have to see punk in a ring, but I want that punk that I know is is there. I want that punk who can be edgy i want that punk who can be unfiltered i want that punk that will give his complete you know um unreserved opinions about everything i want to hear somebody come out on that show and be just a little critical of what's going on i think we are extremely respectfully critical of all wrestling companies on this show I'd almost like to see a version that happened there. Everybody's just so happy and, oh, this was good and this was good. And, yeah, maybe this could have been done a little bit different. But come on, man. Come on, guys. Not everything is great. 
Well, it's one of a couple of different things, Bully, because you do have WWE employees on that show. And, you know, and 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 honestly, maybe they're giving their honest opinion. I've heard Paige be a little bit critical. Obviously, Punk has been a little critical. It's just that the, the fact with Punk, Bully, is you don't see him every week. What is it now? Once every four, once every five weeks, you see CM Punk on that show. So, you know, I had no idea that CM Punk was even going to be on the show last night. And if you believe some of the rumors that are out there, it seems like that when Fox wanted Punk on, Vince had a huge problem with it and said, I'll only agree to it if he's on once a month. I don't know if that's the God's honest truth. That's what I heard. Yeah, and, and again, that's that's rumors, but that could be true. The fact is you're only seeing him about once a month or once every five weeks. Um, when it comes to CM Punk, though, I'm, I'm wondering, Bully, if it's because... Even though it's a Fox product, it is a WWE show. It has that WWE moniker. It's called WWE Backstage. I'm wondering if if you would get a different CM Punk if, say, he was on Busted Open. Like, if he was on Busted Open, would he be the same as he is on Backstage? Or would you get more of that unfiltered CM Punk that we were expecting to see on Tuesday nights? I think you would get a lot more unfiltered version of him. A, because we'd be talking about other things other than the WWE. When do they talk about AEW on backstage? They don't. When do they talk about Impact or, 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 or NWA or, or, or New Japan or any other company? When do they ask, when do they ask um, questions as in, you know, hey, hey, Punk, what's your opinion on this? Last, uh, last Wednesday, the main event of AEW was this, and the main event of NXT was, was this. You know, which which do you find yourself most interested in? Which do you find, you know, more intriguing? Why can't we why can't we open up the the, the spectrum of what we're talking about on that show? Because I think that's what the belief was going in. That this is gonna be a little bit more of a, you know, honest assessment of what's going on. But like the I problem said, is- I think they do a good job, but it's it's a WWE show. And that's all it is. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru Luke Thomas has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. How is your pro wrestling T-store uh, doing? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I, I actually want what to hear some feedback. What a businessman you are. I, listen, it takes a little while. I want the, the nation to post their pictures with their busted open uh, Dave LaGreca T-shirts. How so many I'd have them posted so far? I haven't seen any yet, but, you know, the, the store just opened. Sales are not so brisk. The, no, listen, the store just opened. It takes time for them to get the shirts. I'm sure once they get their shirts... They'll be posting the pictures, and you know I want to see how what they feel, and if there's other designs they want, I'll, you know I'm I'm here to please, bully, whatever they want. All right, don't get don't get hot, brother. Hey, man, I'm not everyone's a hall of famer. You know what I'm saying? You're you the mad one bro. You when mad you bro. sign when you sign the autograph, you get to put H O F next to it. There's no H O F next to Lagreca's. You know what I'm saying? Don't hassle Hoff. the Hoff. Now, bully, we talked a lot about Ronda Rousey, which definitely has been a hot topic here on the show. So CM Punk WWE backstage made these comments. I want to get your take on it. 
first of all, he says he loved what Ronda's doing. He said, he said, uh, watching wrestling is fun, you know, for everyone. There's a, when there's, you know, there, when, you know, there is a little controversy when, you know, there, there is a little uh, people of getting offended. And obviously with the F word fake, people are getting offended. He loves it. Like you say, when pro wrestling blurs the lines where you don't know what is scripted and what is real. And he actually thinks that this is ultimately going to lead to four horse women versus four horse women at some point, maybe SummerSlam. And I know you've said in the past, you feel that that's something that could happen as well. So he, he thinks this is just Ronda hooking everybody. So I know, you know, a lot of what we heard, I would have to think at the end of the day that punk is right. And this has to be leading towards something because even if she was upset by the fans, I don't know with everything that was good about her run that she would be so quick to point the finger and blame the fans if this wasn't a work. Listen, you could blame the fans all day long, whether you believe it or not, because you can always say I was working. Going after the fans is easy. Taking it out on the fans. <clears throat> so many wrestlers in history, when they've done uh, heel turns, have blamed the fans, you know? Mick Foley, when he, uh, when he, um, as Cactus Jack, when he turned heel in ECW, just like told them, all you people want to do is see me kill myself, you know? And then he started grabbing side headlocks until the ch fans chanted boring. There have been plenty of times where uh, wrestlers have gone in a different direction and says, you know why this happened? It was because of you, the fans. <clears throat> so Ronda taking stuff uh, out on the fans, I have, I have no problem with. I thought, I thought it was good, you know, thought it was fine. Because if she's working, great. She's riling up the fans. And if she's shooting, well, then that's her own opinion on things. But don't think that you're going to walk into the world of pro wrestling and not have a certain um, percentage of fans not like you. It's just the way it is in this business. I mean, it was the same way in MMA. <clears throat> I hear a lot of people say she couldn't handle it in MMA. In wrestling, it's about 10 times worse. Yeah, and I think you so, realize that too. So for sure, you're right. But like I said, if if for some reason she was being completely honest, and this is not about what she said to the fans, it's the use of the fake word. Then you're kicking every single woman in that locker room right in the tubes. It's just, it's horrible. Because at any given moment, any of those veterans in that locker room could have made Rhonda look like crap. Yeah. And that's where that fake word is just so bad. Because, like, uh, here's two people that come to mind when I hear the word fake and the level of disrespect that it would have to them hearing it. First one is Natty. You think Natty Neidhart wants to hear anybody say that what she does is fake? Yes or no? No, and, and, and Natalia is somebody that we spoke to on the show that really was a bit of a mentor for for her, you know, for Ronda when she started in the world of pro wrestling, somebody that Ronda really, really leaned on. And Natalia was somebody that came quickly to the defense of Ronda Rousey as well. Exactly. So here, once again, big if, people. If Ronda is truly throwing the business under the bus and using the fake word, that's like a slap in the face to Natty. Charlotte. Charlotte and Rhonda had a war. 
Charlotte made sure that Ronda looked great. I mean, every single woman who got in the ring with her made sure Ronda looked great. But Charlotte really went out of her way. I, I, I think more than anybody else. We also got Sasha and Ronda, right? Yes, we did. Yep. Sasha also. Great match. Yes, absolutely. Sasha and Charlotte really got Ronda over. What was fake about that? No, and, and that's the thing, Bully. Like, I'm quick to defend Ronda Rousey. And I think you and I, are. it's almost like second nature for us because all the hate calls that we were getting for that year when it came to Ronda Rousey. But if this is not a work, if, if she is really done with professional wrestling and she's finished with it and she's moving on to the next stage of her life, then I'm going to have a problem with Ronda Rousey because for her to have the year that she had and to lead up to an historic, you know, WrestleMania match, the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania and for her to leave this way and use that F word fake, then I think everybody's going to, everybody is going to perceive Ronda Rousey in a completely different way. Cause I really think if you go out that way and you burn every bridge and you break every window, then we're not going to remember that year. We're going to remember those comments. So if she never comes back, then that's really going to taint her legacy in the WWE. We're wondering if if it's a work or not. I think you're wondering a lot more than I am. This is why I posted to Twitter what I did yesterday, and I'll just remind everybody of Rhonda's tweet before she went to bed two nights ago. She said, good night, rowdy ones. And jabroni marks without a life that don't know it's a work when you work a work and work yourself into a shoot. Marks. That exact tweet, word for word, was posted by Hulk Hogan in 2011. So tell me, is she working or is she shooting? She's working. She's basically telling everybody, don't get your panties in a bunch. Relax. Do you My think dog, after got his panties in a bunch? Freaking dog is chewing on toys that he hasn't chewed on in ten years. But please go on, bully. I'm sorry. You interrupted me for that. Well, it's making a lot of squeaky noises, so I just didn't want you to think. I'm you make squeaky noises in the middle of the light. <laughs> didn't want you to think something was going on underneath <laughs> this laptop. But go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you, bully. No, that's fine. I just, uh, listen, I think at the end of the day, uh, this makes for a great Survivor Series main event. I, I agree with you, and I think it's a work. And, you know, if you're, 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 you're you know, we talked about want to see a lot more from CM Punk stirring the pot. I think Ronda is definitely stirring the pot. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.